House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announces an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Some House Republicans threaten McCarthy's speakership, and we review the Video Music Awards. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, it's now official yesterday. The House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced that there would, in fact, be an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden surrounding all of his activities with his son, Hunter, as well as presumably the cover up that's been attempted by the DOJ of any investigation into Hunter's activities, including Joe. And here's the thing. We already know a lot about this particular topic. In fact, there's a ton of evidence that's already out in public view, thanks to the so-called laptop from hell. You know, the one that was supposed to be Russian disinformation that was dismissed by the entire media in the month leading up to the last election cycle. And here are many of the things we know. We know that Hunter Biden has spent the last decade jet-setting around to random countries as a derelict drug addict prostitute abuser. And he's been picking up bags of cash on foreign boards while calling his daddy on the phone to prove his connection to his daddy. We know that tens of millions of dollars have flooded into Hunter Biden-connected businesses or directly to Hunter Biden. We know that Hunter Biden texted his own daughter suggesting that he paid his dad's bills. We know all of these things. None of that is in disputes. When people say there's no evidence, like, Everything I just said, there's tons of evidence for all of that. Literally, the only thing missing would be the quote unquote smoking gun, namely some sort of transaction between one of Hunter Biden's businesses and Joe Biden's direct bank account. But it doesn't require that to prove bribery or corruption. And by the way, Joe Biden is not being criminally charged with bribery or corruption. Here is the thing. The Democrats broke the mold. And when they decided they were going to impeach Donald Trump without actually alleging a crime, not once, but twice, When they said we are not going to attempt to push even a prosecutorial motion of what crime was committed, no statute was actually cited in either of the impeachment papers that were filed. Instead, there were general accusations of corruption, general accusations of pressure. And they can do that because that's what impeachment is. It's a political process. But once you say that you don't actually have to allege a crime in order to push impeachment and then you do it twice, why would you think it's not going to come around and clock you again? You broke the glass. The glass is still broken. And here's the reality. If Republicans did not do the same thing in reverse, well, then Democrats would just continue to do this willy-nilly because there are two possibilities here in terms of going back to status quo ante where people didn't randomly just impeach the president of the opposing party. There there are two possibilities. One, everybody goes weapons down unless there's an actual full-scale crime committed that could theoretically be prosecuted but couldn't be because the president of the United States is immune to federal prosecution while he's the president of the United States. Right? That, that would be the, the better status quo ante is that we don't prosecute every president or ex-president unless they actually commit a federal crime and, we, and, and it has to be completely even-handed in how we actually pursue justice. That'd be the better version. And then there is the second version, which is we just willy-nilly impeach pretty much everybody. And from here until the end of time, we impeach everybody. And you know what? I suppose we can live with that too. I suppose we can do that. I don't think it's the best thing for the country per se, but Sure, I I suppose we can do that. And that is where we now are. So yesterday, Kevin McCarthy announced that House committees would open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden, ramping up GOP efforts to unearth any evidence of wrongdoing ahead of the 2024 election. Here was Speaker McCarthy announcing this yesterday. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today... I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power 
to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. So what sort of power is attached to an impeachment inquiry versus a non-impeachment inquiry? The answer is not all that much. All these committees already had subpoena power. So now, presumably, they will just have a better excuse to use that subpoena power. So theoretically, if you are subpoenaed and you're a member of the executive branch, you can say, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to testify because this is not within the normal purview of a congressional investigation. Typically, congressional investigations have one of two purposes. One is oversight of an of a function that the executive is supposed to be performing. So I pass a piece of legislation and that piece of legislation says the executive branch is supposed to disperse monies in a particular way. And now I'm subpoenaing the executive branch to make sure that you did the thing that we legislated that you are supposed to do. That is possibility number one. Possibility number two, when it comes to Congress and, and legitimate purpose of a subpoena would be legislative purpose is we're doing an investigation into this problem so we can then craft legislation in order to pursue an end to this particular problem. An impeachment inquiry provides a defense to the possibility you're doing neither of these two. So, right, you're, you're not actually crafting a piece of legislation on the one hand, and you're also not doing an oversight function of, a, of an executive job that was delegated by the legislature. You're doing something else, another constitutionally performed duty, which is an impeachment inquiry. And so if somebody says, I don't want to show up for the subpoena, theoretically, you go to court and you say, well, you have to. And, and you have to more than you normally would, because even though it's not legislation and it's not quite oversight, it is an impeachment inquiry. And that is a natural function of the, of the House. Now, what is this really? What it really is, is just the Republicans saying that we are kicking this impeachment stuff into high gear. Now, th there are a few problems with this particular strategy from McCarthy. Problem number one is that McCarthy is doing this without a vote. So Nancy Pelosi did do this. I mean, Nancy Pelosi did not take a vote of the House before she actually pursued impeachment of President Trump. And that allowed the Trump DOJ to claim that the impeachment inquiry actually didn't have the authority to proceed properly. So now you assume that the Biden administration is going to do the same thing. They're going to say you didn't even take a vote in the House to open an impeachment inquiry. So why should we respect the notion that this even is legally an impeachment inquiry? We're not going to even acknowledge it's an impeachment inquiry. You can't just start an impeachment inquiry it was Trump's case, actually, when it was the Democrats in charge of Congress. Trump's case was this is not like Michael Scott shouting bankruptcy. If you just walk into a building, you shout, I've opened an impeachment inquiry. This doesn't attach any new powers to you was the case that Trump's DOJ made. That can now be used, that exact case, can be used by the Biden DOJ against Kevin McCarthy and, and the House Republicans. That is the point Politico is making today. In January 2020, the Donald Trump-led Justice Department formally declared that impeachment inquiries by the House are invalid unless the chamber takes formal votes to authorize them. That opinion was issued by the Justice Department's OLC, the Office of Legal Counsel, and it came in response to Speaker Nancy Pelosi doing just that. Stephen Engel was then the head of the DOJ's Office of Legal Counsel and said, we conclude the House must expressly authorize a committee to conduct an impeachment investigation and to use compulsory process in that investigation before the committee may compel the production of documents or testimony. So presumably, the Biden administration is going to do the same thing now. McCarthy was asked why he flipped on this because McCarthy had suggested not all that long ago that like, like 11 days ago, that if he was going to move on an impeachment inquiry, then he was going to do so with a House vote. Then he didn't do so with a House vote. He just declared, I've opened an impeachment inquiry. And, um, and he was asked about this and he said, well, you know, What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Nancy Pelosi did that. And now we can we can do the same thing, which, again, is true. But it does underscore a bit of weakness in this impeachment inquiry, which we'll get to in just one second. First, let's talk about the weakness of the American economy. right Now, we've got new economic numbers coming in. We'll talk about it in a little while. I got to tell you, they are not good. Hey, it, people are having a hard time figuring out where to put their money. I am. I think pretty much everybody is. You put it in real estate. It looks like the real estate market is cruising for a bruising. You put it in the stock market, it looks like the stock market is overvalued when you look at like 
price to earnings ratios. So where do you put the money? Well, one thing you could do is take at least some of your money and put it in precious metals as a hedge. Okay, that, that's just a smart thing that people do. They diversify their asset base. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. I buy gold from Birch Gold. I trust them to help me diversify my savings. You can protect your IRA or 401k by diversifying with gold from Birch Gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, it's good to arm yourself with the information that you need to protect your savings. Text Ben to 989898. They'll send you a free information kit on gold with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews. I trust Birch Gold to help you diversify and go ask all your questions. And then when you feel secure, then start diversifying. It'll be nice to have some gold to depend on in tough times. Again, text Ben to 989898 to get started. Okay, so the, the failure to launch the impeachment inquiry with a vote there, there's something happening there. One of the things that's happening there is that McCarthy may not actually have a majority in the House to open the impeachment inquiry. In other words, he doesn't actually have all of his Republicans on board. Remember, he has an incredibly slim majority in the House of Representatives right now. And all it would require is just a few of these people to drop off and, and you don't have a majority at all in support of something like an impeachment inquiry. Again, right now, the constituency is 222 Republicans and 212 Democrats. And you require 200 and 17, 218 for the majority. So all he has to do is lose like five Republicans and he doesn't have a majority in support of an impeachment inquiry. So instead, he's doing it without the vote. Well, the problem is that if you don't have support to open an impeachment inquiry, how are you going to actually vote for impeachment? So is he writing a check that he then can't cash? Because an impeachment inquiry that ends with not impeachment looks like an exoneration. If the opposing party opens an impeachment inquiry and then says, well, you know what? Forget it. It turns out we just didn't have the goods. That looks terrible for Republicans. So McCarthy is opening an investigation and it's unclear in which direction this is going to go, which raises the question as to why exactly he is doing that. So one piece of speculation, there's sort of the principled reason, there's the non-principled reason. Both are possibilities. The principled reason to open an impeachment inquiry is because there's actually, as I say, tons of evidence that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were involved in corrupt bargaining together. Uh, that, That evidence is widespread. It exists. It is out there. You actually don't even need all that many additional facts. And I wonder what they think they're going to discover here that's going to change the math. The only thing I can think that an impeachment inquiry might discover that we don't already know is just the level to which the DOJ was pressuring people like David Weiss to cut a sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden to kill any investigation into Hunter Biden's relationship with his dad financially. That's the part. That's the other shoe to drop. That presumably is why Kevin McCarthy is talking about not just corruption or abuse of power, but also obstruction of justice. The idea that the DOJ was weaponized on behalf of the Biden family in order to protect Joe from his corrupt relationship with Hunter. And that we might find out in the impeachment inquiry. So the principled reason to open the impeachment inquiry is because you think you're actually going to get more information via the impeachment inquiry than you would otherwise. And then there's the sort of unprincipled reason. And that is McCarthy is under severe fire right now from the Matt Gates wing of the party. And again, that wing is really small just by, by actual numbers. It is a vast minority of the Republican Party. Matt Gates is putting a tremendous amount of pressure on Kevin McCarthy with regard to spending, and he's threatening his speakership right now. And one way, if you're Kevin McCarthy, to avoid that sort of pressure is to go back to the base and say, listen, I don't know what you want from me. I'm giving you what you want. I'm giving you the impeachment inquiry. I'm going after Joe Biden. I'm, I'm the one who's pride concessions out of Joe Biden. Who's your alternative? So maybe in response to the pressure, he opens the impeachment inquiry and thus avoids a speakership fight. That's the that's the more cynical reason that you would open an impeachment inquiry without a vote. Here's Matt Gates yesterday trying to pressure McCarthy. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. 
The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point, during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Okay, so again, the cynical reason here is that McCarthy is basically saying that, okay, and so now I'm doing it. I'm bringing in everybody. We're going to do the subpoena power. We're going to do all those sorts of things. Here's the reality. The sort of quixotic quest to get rid of Speaker McCarthy. I said this at the time. I don't understand what concession you're trying to pry from him. If you can name me the concessions that you think are going to make governance in the House better and more conservative, I'm all for it. Chip Roy did. We had Chip Roy on the program at the time when they were having the speaker fight. And I said, like, what do you want from McCarthy? And he listed a bunch of things. I said, if McCarthy gives you those things, will you support him? And he was like, yes. Okay, that is a position that makes sense. You know, it's not a position that makes sense. I don't like Speaker McCarthy and he should go. And I have no alternatives. So I'm just going to yell about things. Like, I, that's not a strategy and it's not a plan. So what exactly is it that you are seeking to achieve at this point? Okay, so McCarthy has now opened the impeachment inquiry. Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota called the inquiry an appropriate step for the Republicans. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said McCarthy didn't need his advice on how to run the House, which is a good way for McConnell to avoid that fight. It doesn't matter what McConnell has to say anyway, since he's not the majority leader. So he has no power to actually preside over any sort of Senate process for full scale removal from office, even if Biden were to be impeached over these sorts of charges. Representative Ken Buck of Colorado, he had argued an inquiry would be unnecessary because of existing committee investigations. He said that McCarthy made a good decision to not hold the vote. He said it would have distracted from the work we're trying to get done, which would have been the attempt to fund the government. So again, the powers that have been extended to the House are relatively minor here. All it really does is in very public terms, it says, we know that you're corrupt and we are going to come after you with whatever powers we have at our disposal. And that is not a bad thing. I think that is a very worthwhile thing. For, as I said, two purposes. One is mutually assured destruction. If you guys keep impeaching Republican presidents like over and over and over just because you don't like them, well, then we're going to do the same thing to your guys and we'll see how you like it. So mutually assured destruction is one way of getting everybody back down. And the second is that Joe Biden actually is deeply corrupt and has been deeply corrupt for decades on end. Well, in just one second, we'll get to the Democratic response to the to the impeachment inquiry. First, let's talk about Bond Charge. It's a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. They have all sorts of great stuff. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep, perform better, recover faster, reduce inflammation, and so much more. From blue light glasses to red light therapy, Bone Charge products help you naturally address the issues of modern day life effortlessly and with maximum impact. If you haven't already checked out the infrared sauna blanket from Bone Charge, you need to. I have one. It's awesome. It has all sorts of benefits. It works by using infrared light. It heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna, which means that you actually get the same benefits without feeling super uncomfortable because it's at a lower heat. Sweating helps flush out the heavy metals and other toxins in the body. It raises your heart rate to that of physical exercise. It burns calories while you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just, it's like going to the sauna, except you don't actually have to go to the sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide, offers exceptional customer service, comes with a 12-month warranty. Head over to bondcharge.com slash Ben. Use code Ben to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash Ben. Use code Ben and save 15%. 
We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, financial experts thought we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts from the Fed, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The U.S. is in the hole by $34 trillion, but we're going to continue to print money and borrow money, which means the prices that you pay every day are going to continue to rise. So we can either bury our heads in the sand or we could, you know, do the smart thing that you do financially, which is diversify. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get my gold from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you too. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, again, diversification, just a smart fiscal strategy. Go check them out right now. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. 15% today. Okay, so the next steps, presumably, are that a bevy of committees are going to open their own investigations at this point. The Republican House Oversight Committee is going to preside over all of this. Apparently, McCarthy says that he's going to have James Comer of Kentucky take the lead on the impeachment inquiry. He's going to work alongside Jim Jordan of Ohio and Jason Smith of Missouri. Again, it, it, it didn't require a majority vote to do this. The fact that he didn't have a majority vote makes this a somewhat risky move because the question is going to be whether you get enough Republicans to vote in the end to impeach Joe Biden on whatever they uncover. Nonetheless, Democrats are fighting mad about it, as you would imagine. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, he's now using language that we remember from um, from the Trump days. Remember when when Trump would say that it's that it's a witch hunt, witch hunt. Remember that in pretty much every tweet, and um, it kind of was. Well, now Chuck Schumer is adopting that language. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Oh. And well, you, that, I, I noticed that you dedicated tens of millions of dollars to chases and witch hunts when it was President Trump. Again, turnabout is fair play when it comes to politics. Senator Dick Durbin, I thought, had sort of the quote of the day here. He said, you know, sure, I mean, his behavior is weird and kind of corrupt, but that, there's nothing here. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not saying that Hunter Biden broke the law or that there should be any punishment involved in it, but I don't feel good about the situation. If it looks like a a son or a daughter is capitalizing on the public uh, achievement of their parents. Yes, that does raise some questions in my mind. So fast forward on this. If this House inquiry turns into a full-blown impeachment, and I have to say, it's hard to imagine it doesn't. I mean, they're not going to do an impeachment inquiry and then clear President Biden, right? I mean, is the bottom line, looking forward, there's no way impeachment supporters are going to get two-thirds of the Senate. So Biden will be acquitted. This is just a diversion on the part of McCarthy. He cannot govern. He cannot get his majority in the House of Representatives to do the basics to keep the government's lights on. And so he's decided for a diversion. Let's talk about something else that they might agree on, an impeachment. What a waste of time and money. So I love that Dick Durbin's like, yeah, he might be super corrupt and uh, it's, it's really ugly, but it's a waste of time and money. First of all, when have Democrats in legislatures ever cared about wasting time and money? Jerry Connolly, who's involved in the impeachment of President Trump, I believe both times, congressman from Virginia, he, he, he also says it's a distraction. It's a distraction from our vital work of, of wasting your money. Right now we're in the distract phase, right? So yeah, flood the zone, as Charlie said. Uh, to, so everyone gets impeached, just uh, commonplace. 
But I think it's also to distract us from the fact that uh, Donald Trump has been indicted four t- different times. There are 91 counts pending against him. He's at enormous legal peril. Uh, and they don't want us to focus on that. So let's create a different headline. And sure enough, that's the headline of today, isn't it? I mean, that works in reverse as well. Is it possible that you guys have filed four different indictments against President Trump in the middle of an election season because you wish the headline to be that as opposed to Joe Biden being crappy at his job and also corrupt? John Fetterman has emerged from um, from Frankenstein's laboratory uh, to to uh, he has a different look, John Fetterman. So it used to be that he was sort of a track suited ne'er do well. And now he apparently has graduated into a um, into a low level muscle enforcer for the Sopranos. So. Here's John Fetterman's response while walking through the hallways of the congressional basement on his way to uh, to bounce outside a bar uh, where he explains uh, how, how upset he is about this impeachment. Asking about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry. Has said he's going to. Oh, my God, back. really? Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Similarly, his reaction to learning that Scooby-Doo had been moved in its time slot on Cartoon Network. And John Fetterman, your senator from Pennsylvania. Well done, America. You guys are doing an amazing, amazing job. So is there going to be evidence to impeach Joe Biden again? The answer is there's already evidence to impeach Joe Biden if you want to. We'll get to that momentarily. First, everybody knows I love my Helix mattress, right? Again, I got home really late last night. We did a backstage in Nashville. I had to fly back to Florida. Didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but the sleep that I did get is thanks to my Helix mattress. Well, now they have a new high-end collection, Helix Elite. Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix Sleep mattress for I don't know, seven, eight years at this point. It's great. My wife loves it as well. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash men. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come directly to your door, ship for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You have to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Their financing options, flexible payment plans, make it so a great night's sleep is never far away. In fact, Helix's Labor Day sale is still going on. They're offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. It's a great deal. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet. It's not going to last long with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, We all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. 
Okay, so the Republicans quite correctly are pointing out that when you guys keep, it's amazing. The media coverage of this is like, with no evidence at all, Republicans open impeachment inquiry. Now, as I say, the evidence is super long. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that Joe Biden not only knew, but was involved in Hunter Biden's business, ranging from the texts from Hunter Biden to Chinese magnates talking about 10% for the big guy to text directly to people he was working with, talking about how his father was sitting directly next to him and would make life for them incredibly uncomfortable. This is a point made by Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. He was asked about, well, do you guys even have evidence to do this? He's like, um, yes. What actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you. Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, Th- this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt. Look. I mean, he happens to be correct. Meanwhile, Marjorie Taylor Greene correctly points out that it's not just that. It's also the possibility that Joe Biden's DOJ was shutting down investigations. I mean, we do already have whistleblowers who have said as much. I'm very excited to see it happen. I think Americans deserve truth. They deserve transparency. And we need this investigation to go as long as it needs to, to uncover all the corruption that has been involved in covering up Joe Biden's crimes. Okay, so, again, not wrong on any of this. Now, Democrats are already trying to spin this into, well, what about Jared and Ivanka and all, all the rest of that sort of thing? Okay, so first of all, Jared and Ivanka were actual employees of the federal government. Hunter was never an employee of the federal government while Joe Biden was vice president. Hunter was just going around as a bag man for his family for mil- to, mil- to the tune of millions of dollars and calling his daddy in to meetings in order to demonstrate that he had flex with the federal government. That is not the same thing as you're a federal employee who is working on things like the Abraham Accords, which, by the way, the most successful Middle East peace initiative of the last two generations, which is what Jared and Ivanka were doing during that time. And then after you leave office, then you end up doing a business deal that is publicly disclosed in all of its details, publicly disclosed, right? How do we know about Jared's investments with the Saudis and vice versa? Because it's all publicly disclosed as opposed to Hunter Biden who hid this crap for years, right? There's some pretty significant differences right here, obviously. But what we're gonna conflate all the things at the same time, of course. In the end, how much is the impeachment stuff going to damage Joe Biden? It's only going to damage Joe Biden if it just means there's additional attention brought to his corruption. So he could have done that theoretically without an impeachment. Will he be impeached? I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to get four or five Republicans in purple districts on board in order to do that. But one thing is being underscored for Democrats, and that is Joe Biden continues to be an extraordinarily weak candidate. The economy is not doing well under Joe Biden. It is just that simple. According to Axios, a measure of poverty tracked by the Census Bureau rose in 2022 as COVID-era benefits expired and average income fell, according to a Tuesday report. Child poverty saw a sharp increase in 2022 following a record low the year prior. Now, the reason it saw a record low is because Joe Biden spent a bajillion dollars just pouring money on the raging flame of inflation and turning it into a huge gas fire that has engulfed the entire American economy. 
And then that wasn't renewed. And then he's like, well, you're increasing child poverty because we're not signing giant checks to people. Well, yeah, it turns out that when you sign enormous amounts of money over to people, that temporarily relieves their poverty, but it does not permanently relieve their poverty. The only way to truly reduce child poverty in the long term in the United States is to have a growing economy where mom and dad are married and have jobs. That is the, that is the way that you actually reduce child poverty long term, not by simply signing checks. Joe Biden, of course, is blaming his political opposition. But the reality is that the Democrats used COVID as an excuse to blow money out the wazoo for three straight years. And that was not maintainable, as we can see from the inflation rate, as we can see from the stagnating economy. Median household income fell by 2.3% from 2021 to 2022, adjusting for inflation. Income decreased in white and non-Hispanic white households. It remained similar in black, Asian, and Hispanic households. And inflation rose 7.8% in 2022 on on an annualized basis. By the way, we have new inflation stats out today, and it turns out that the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, climbed 3.7% in the year through August. That was faster than the 3.2% July reading and even faster than the 3.6% that economists had expected. So, of course, they're blaming this on high gas prices, which means that Joe Biden is going to try to cut some sort of sweetheart deal with the Saudis in order to get them to pump gas again so as to artificially boost his reelect chances. But these are bad numbers. Hey, remember, we're supposed to be seeking 2%. The difference between 2% and 3.7%, we are almost double the expected inflation rate in this country right now. And even a lot of Democrats are starting to look cross-eyed at Joe Biden and say, I don't know why we are running this one. Why? Now, the real reason they're running this one is because they're trying to prevent an internal firefight over Kamala Harris inside the Democratic Party. This is the problem when you pick an affirmative action candidate for VP, as opposed to, you know, the best qualified candidate. for Like Joe Biden could have chosen anyone for VP. Kamala Harris did not bring out the black vote. She did not bring out anyone. Kamala Harris is one of the most alienating politicians of our lifetime. If Joe Biden wanted to pick like a qualified VP, he had a bunch of people to choose from. I mean, even on that stage with him when he was running in 2020, there are a bunch of people he easily could have chosen as his VP candidate. Most obviously, somebody like Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. He he decided not to do that. Instead, he went with Kamala Harris, who's off-putting and widely despised. And so they're trying to prevent a firefight from breaking out inside the Democratic Party over Kamala. And so you got to leave the old man in place. But Democrats are starting to say, yeah, but his poll numbers suck. So David Ignatius, Democrat, writing for The Washington Post, has an entire piece today titled President Biden Should Not Run Again in 2024. He says, what I admire most about President Biden is that in a polarized nation, he has governed from the center out, which, of course, is a joke. He's governed from the left, the hard left. But I don't think that Biden and Vice President Harris should run for reelection. I love that he's just sneaking in the Vice President Harris right there. The Vice President Harris, Kamala Harris, she is not 80. Kamala Harris is in the prime of her political life. And they're already like, can we like dump her off the side of this ship like LeBron right now? We'll push the old man. And if she goes, that would also be great. I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for re-election, says David Ignatius. It's painful to say that given my admiration for much of what they've accomplished. But if he and Harris campaign together in 2024, I think Biden risks undoing his greatest achievement, which was stopping Trump. Biden would carry two big liabilities into a 2024 campaign. He'd be 82 when he began a second term. That is liability number one. And liability number two is Harris. She has a 39.5% approval rating, according to 538. Harris, says David Ignatius, has many laudable qualities, but the simple fact is she has failed to gain traction in the country or even within her own party. Biden could encourage a more open VP selection process that could produce a stronger running mate. And then I love this. He says, we should start with the mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass. Uh, Look how how the the intersectional Democratic Party, they can't get rid of Kamala Harris because they don't have a black woman to back her up. His first move is, what about Karen Bass, who barely beat Rick Caruso, who was a Republican in L.A.? Or Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. Yeah, there'd be a charmer. 
Gina Raimondo, the Commerce Secretary. That would that would be amazing. Great job. But there, there's the desperation is starting to set in among the Democrats, which of course is why the Democratic Party rigged the primaries in the first place, as RFK Jr. is now pointing out in the Wall Street Journal. He says it's become clear the DNC doesn't want a real primary and is willing to disenfranchise Democratic voters from choosing their nominee. The DNC has refused to host debates, though a vast majority of Democratic voters want and expect them so they can judge which candidate has the popular appeal and vigor to challenge the Republican nominee. The DNC has revoked New Hampshire's century-old status as first primary state and they replaced it with South Carolina because Biden won South Carolina but lost both New Hampshire and Iowa. The DNC has drafted rules that if candidates run in an unsanctioned primary in New Hampshire, the DNC chairman has the power to punish them. Regardless of the margin of victory, such a candidate would receive zero delegates. Further, the Georgia Democratic Party has a rule allowing it to ban from the ballot any candidate who doesn't follow DNC rules. So RFK Jr. is pointing out uh, they already rigged this thing. Like Biden stepped in and he rigged this thing. So Democrats are stuck with Joe Biden, which is the reason, presumably, why the impeachment inquiry is really bad for Joe Biden. Again, if you're talking about Joe Biden, that is a good thing for Republicans. And if you're talking about Donald Trump, that is a good thing for Democrats. That is the simple, simple math. In just one second. We're going to get to Joe Biden's foibles overseas because we are seeing new information about the $6 billion gimme that Biden just signed over to the Iranians, which is the prelude to a broader Iran deal that presumably will give them much, much, much more access to cash so they can pursue their terroristic intent. First, when you're running a business, your employees can create all sorts of fascinating situations from remote employees and how to hire top talent to improving company culture. This is why you need to talk to Mammy. So when you start a business, you don't think about HR. You don't think about HR right up until the point where you get sued for something and you didn't have proper HR policies, which is why you need to think about it. Like right now, while I'm talking about it, Bambi gives you access to your own dedicated HR manager starting just 99 bucks per month. This person is available to you by phone, email, and real-time chat. They'll help you run employee onboarding terminations and performance reviews. With Bambi's HR autopilot feature, you can automate important HR practices like setting policies, employee training, and feedback procedures. All of Bambi's HR managers are based in the United States and can support the nuances across all 50 states. HR managers can easily cost 80 grand per year. Bambi starts at just 99 bucks per month. Schedule your free conversation today. See how much Bambi can take off of your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type Ben Shapiro under podcast when you sign up so they know that we sent you. It's spelled Bambee.com, Bambi.com. Type in Ben Shapiro so that they know that we sent you and get started with your HR journey today. Also, despite the lackluster economy, the Daily Wire continues to thrive and grow. We are hiring right now. We're looking for a skilled social video coordinator to join our fast-growing marketing team. As a social video coordinator, you will be responsible for identifying and posting video content on our branded YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok accounts. Knowledge of our brand as well as exceptional grammar skills are essential in this role. No typos. The position is based in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have experience in social media marketing or content coordination, we'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining our team, visit dailywire.com slash careers. That's dailywire.com slash careers today. Okay, meanwhile, the Democratic administration in the White House, they continue to make nice with the Iranians. So the um, the Democrats have decided in the White House that it would be good to hand the Iranians, apparently on the anniversary of 9-11, $6 billion in some sort of hostage exchange. But the reality is, that the the thing that's happening right here is an open invite to the Iranians to make some sort of deal that looks like the Iran nuclear deal. That Iran nuclear deal fell apart because the Iranians were breaking the nuclear deal. And Donald Trump was like, I'm not interested in doing this, this nonsense. And so he pulled it out of it. Joe Biden has been laser focused on trying to put that back together, even including in the negotiations, people like Robert Malley, who was originally an Obama envoy, Robert Malley ended up being basically banned from the State Department 
He was leading the diplomatic effort on Iran's nuclear program. And then Congress learned that the State Department had suspended his security clearance because of an investigation into possible mishandling of classified information, which actually elevated to the FBI level. And so not a great shock there that Robert Malley is, is not a particularly good guy. He was the one who was leading up the negotiations with Iran. So caught with their hand in the cookie jar, you know, giving Iran pallets of cash, just like Barack Obama did. Now the, the, Obama, now the White House is claiming that actually none of this happened. It's all in your imagination. Here's the State Department spokesperson yesterday, Matthew Miller, explaining that no one actually gave Iran money. It was their money. No one gave them a dollar. That somehow these restrictions uh, impact fungibility of these funds. Uh, no. Wait, I don't know. Say, say, that, say that again. The, so if I have, oh, I, 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 they if I have spent, $1 and I, I, give it to you, I, and that, that means what, that a dollar that you have in your wallet, you can use to spend so, on anything you want, and you don't have to worry about the, the so, dollar that I gave you, right? So where that analogy breaks down, no one has given Iran a dollar here. These are Iran's funds. These are Iran's funds. When, when I, that's ridiculous. I think the police seize a drug dealer's funds. And then, in a sweetheart deal, they release the drug dealer's funds. Did they give the drug dealer money? Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you could say that it was the drug dealer's money, but he's a criminal. So it's not his money. That's the whole point. That's ridiculous. And then, this is even better. The Iranian president yesterday, he, he goes on with, um, with, I believe, Lester Holt. And he's explaining that actually they're just going to use the money for whatever they want. This is Ibrahim Raisi. He, he, we've been told that this money is not going to be used for terrorism or anything that would threaten American interests. It's going to be used for like food and like Band-Aids and stuff. And Raisi's like, no, I'm going to use it for whatever I want, actually. What is your expectation of its use? We're told that it's for humanitarian purposes, food and medicine. Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit? This money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran, and naturally, we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it. How to spend our money, of course, it is under the authority of the Islamic Republic of Iran. So, um, yeah, we're just going to use it for, like, whatever we please, is what Ibrahim Arisi says. My favorite part of this is where John Kirby's like, no. It's not true. They can't. They're wrong. Um, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, John Kirby. Yeah, John Kirby, I want to get your reaction, the administration's reaction, to President Raisi saying that the Iranians will spend the $6 billion, quote, wherever we need it. No, that's not true. Uh, the system is set up such that uh, this money, uh, these funds, uh, can only be parceled out for humanitarian purposes, food, medicine, uh, you know, uh, construction of uh, medical facilities or even educational purposes, uh, but that each and every withdrawal is going to go through a series of checks and balances, checks by the Treasury Department, checks by the Qatari National Bank. Oh, the, the Qatari National Bank. Yes. Very trustworthy. That, that's going to be the... And, and then once it's actually in the Iranian pocket, they're not going... It's so ridiculous. But this administration is ridiculous. Well, one, one of the key ways that you know that the left has wrong-footed is when they just start lying about what it is they're doing. Right? You point out they're doing it. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. Then you're like, no, you, you actually are like, yes, of course we are, but it's not bad that we're doing it. Which, of course, also applies to what they have been attempting to do in America's public schools. So the entire fight that is now happening across the country over removing wildly inappropriate material from school libraries, books like Gender Queer, which are basically just pornography, 
removing these from school libraries. Democrats have been saying this is a form of censorship. Well, this turned into a very weird hearing yesterday when Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, he was like, listen, bunch of adults in this room. I'm going to read into the congressional record one of these books that you suggest must be in a school library. And let's see if you get uncomfortable, because if you're uncomfortable, then maybe it shouldn't be in a school library where seventh graders can read it. The first one is called All Boys Aren't Blue. And I will quote from it. I put some lube on and got him on his knees. And I began to slide into him from behind. I pulled out of him and kissed him while he masturbated. He asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself. This was my and I was struggling to imagine someone inside me. Hmm. Mm. So the entire media was like, what a weirdo. Why would John Kennedy read that out loud? Well, if you're if you think that's weird, then an adult is, is reading that. Why do you want a sixth or seventh grader to read that? I noticed that it is you who are promoting this material. And when John Kennedy says the thing out loud, then you get all uptight. What are you, some sort of prude? Like, the hell is wrong with these people? Honest to God. My favorite part of this was Dick Durbin, senator from Illinois, suggesting that nobody's advocating for sexual material to be available to elementary school kids. Right. I mean, technically, you want it to be available in fifth grade, not fourth grade, like middle school is what you're saying. No one is advocating for sexually explicit content to be available in an elementary school library or a children's section of a library. That's a distraction from the real challenge. Uh, well, it's a distraction from the real challenge. Uh, then I have a question. Why should that even be available? In a school library for high schoolers. Why should taxpayers be funding that sort of crap? If a local school district decides they don't want that there, what business is it of Dick Durbin to decide that uh, it must be there? What is it, What is the reason why that must be? Is that a piece of great literature that is required for you to pass your English comp class? I, I, think, I think not. But again, they have to deny they're doing the thing that they're doing. No, we're not doing it, but it's good that we are. Seems to be the argument at, at all times from this crew. Okay, meanwhile... On the Republican side of the aisle, some movement in the polls in Iowa. You know, the, the front runner in the Republican Party remains by leaps and bounds Donald Trump. But he has seen a significant drop in the Iowa Republican caucus, according to Emerson College. Just a few months ago, he was at well over 60 percent in that poll, uh, in that Emerson College poll. He's down to 49 percent, which is a drop of 13 percent. Meanwhile, Governor Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence's numbers also dropped from May. DeSantis's numbers were at 20% in May. They're down to 14. Pence decreased from 5% to 3%. You've seen some gains for Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, all of them still running well behind Donald Trump, obviously. Ron DeSantis, who remains the national, the national second place kind of runner up right now by all available poll metrics, he appeared with Nora O'Donnell last night and he was talking about the age of presidential candidates. Obviously, this doesn't just apply to Joe Biden. It obviously also applies to Donald Trump. Age has become an issue in this presidential contest. Should voters worry about the ages of President Biden and former President Donald Trump? I think that's absolutely legitimate concern. The presidency is not a job for someone that's 80 years old and there's nothing you know, wrong with being 80. Obviously, I'm the governor of Florida. I know a lot of people who are elderly. They're great people. But you're talking about a job where you need to give it 100%. You need, we need an energetic president. And I think that if the founders could, could kind of look at this again, I do think they probably would have put an age limit uh, on some of these offices. Okay, that, that all may very well be true. 
Here's the reality. Inside the Republican Party, there's only one way that someone is going to beat Donald Trump. Okay, and they're going to have to make the following case. Donald Trump lost in 2020, and I will not. That is the only case that you can make. That is the only case that can be made. It's not going to be about age. It's not going to be about temperament, because Republicans very much kind of like Donald Trump's combative temperament and some of the wild stuff on Truth Social. They don't mind it. In fact, they kind of enjoy it. They think it's fun. It's not going to be done on the basis of record. Because most Republicans think that Donald Trump's record the first three years of his presidency was good, even if he didn't really know what he was doing with the bureaucracy. And in fact, they actually chalk up to his benefit side, the fact that he didn't know what was going on with the bureaucracy, because then they say that bureaucracy tried to thwart him and look at all the things that he got done in the face of that bureaucracy. He'll definitely do it better next time. The only way any Republican is going to beat Donald Trump in the Republican primaries is by making a very simple case. You lost in 2020 to a dead man. You're going to lose again in 2024 to a dead man. You're going to spend the entire year locked up in court. You're going to be whining on Truth Social. You're not going to spend a dollar on actual electioneering. You're not going to spend five minutes outside of Mar-a-Lago or off of Truth Social. And those are all obstacles to you winning the presidency. Somebody is going to have to make that case. The problem is, I think all the Republicans in the race are afraid to make that case because they're afraid that if they say that Trump lost in 2020, their entire audience is going to disappear. But here's the thing. If Donald Trump won in 2020, of course we should nominate him in 2024. He either won or he lost, right? There's no third possibility. So if he lost in 2020, we should probably run somebody else because he lost. And if he won in 2020, we should for sure run him because he will win again, right? This is the entire debate. And if no Republican is willing to say the obvious, which is Trump lost in 2020, because if he didn't, he'd be in the White House right now, not signing crappy Iran deals. Well, then who the hell is going to overtake him in a primary? Uh, meanwhile, I have learned, according to reports from my producers, that uh, something called the Video Music Awards happened last night. The VMAs, this MTV's v VMAs. And um, it starred such vaunted names as Diddy, and Shakira. So apparently we have time travel back to my high school days, which is exciting news. Now, the VMAs haven't really been super duper relevant for a long time, but every so often they just try another shock tactic. So it, according to my reporters on the ground, Savvy was responsible for this segment. Um, I've been told that basically it was pretty blasé. It had the usual heaping helping of quasi nudity and, and all the rest. This was led off by a brand new song from those artists of the spoken word, the Shakespeare's of our time, Megan the Stallion, T-H-E, because you are the stallion, Megan the Stallion, and Cardi B, ugh, two of the great artistes in, in the pantheon of the canon. It's going to go like Beethoven, Brahms, Gershwin, John Cage, Cardi B. And that's, how, that's how it's going to go. It's going to be amazing. So they have a new song. Uh, their, their prior hit, was, of course, WAP, which, um, which I did a better version of than they did. Uh, and their new song is called Bongos. So they've just moved around to the back. So WAP was, of course, about the uh, female genitalia. And Bongos is about the booty. So taking a, uh, taking a page from Sexy Red. Uh, now, they, to be fair, my understanding is that Bongos doesn't directly talk about the anus in the same way that Sexy Red does. Uh, which is a benefit to us all. But bongos is about the uh, the butt cheeks, apparently. So we we have we are we are a we are a nation with deep spiritual value and connection to undying beauty. That that is what we are. So their new song, Bongos, they did a they did a ver version of it at the at the VMAs. Uh, I feel like I can predict where they're going next, right? There are only a few other body parts. That are, so I, I assume that next is going to be the boobs song, right? Right? They did WAP. They did bongos. So they have to move to the boobs, I assume, next. So here, here, they, here they were last night, these, these geniuses of creative enterprise. Go, 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 go
time to get my money. Y'all be broke. Took more turns than a Wait, is Megan the Stallion a little person? That's a massive height differential. Um, so they are twerking and shaking their their bongos, as you might imagine. If you if you are privileged enough not to have to watch this, uh, and then there's Taylor pretending that she likes this song. Megan is enormous. Megan, 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 Megan plays power forward for the LA Lakers. Um, that okay, and uh, so it's just a lot of twerking. Wow, this is this is what a display! What what an incredible display of athleticism and and female class! This is what women fought for generations to gain access to. This is this is women for generations felt as though they were living as 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 though they were under the heel of a patriarchal society, and finally they've achieved the liberty to be actual quasi prostitutes on screen, which is something they never had before, except for literally all of human history to you know shake their bongos for money. That, that never have women achieved this sort of this sort. Of, I mean, except for like in all societies, but but except for that, true feminism at work. Again, I'm just like, this is how dumb this stuff has become. We are now, they've basically decided that they're going to do the sexual version of head, shoulders, knees, and toes. It's like, you know, the song that you sing with like your small kids, like head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Now, but, but it's like with bodily orifices, right? So it's, it's like ears, nostrils, mouth, and whap. Like they, they're running out of body parts. And so there, there will come a point where they run out of body cavities and they have to start going to actual internal organs. It's a thing that they're going to end up with, right? They're running out of body cavities to rest in, so now they're going to wrap out your small intestine. That's right. That's the way this is going to go. They're having trouble defining exactly what hot is. I assume they're going to write a song next about their epiglottis. This is, this is where we're going. Okay, folks, we're going to get to songs about the spleen. I'm personally very much looking forward to a song about the liver. I, I think that the processing of bile requires some sort of, of extended meditation from Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. So our culture is, is in the best of hands. Meanwhile, Taylor Swift won Best Pop Award because, you know, it's a year. And, uh, and this is what happens every year. And she's very grateful to all of her songwriters, all 9,000 of them. Every Taylor Swift, remember that time when Taylor Swift was a songwriter? Remember that? And she wrote her own songs and her own lyrics. And now she has a team of minions, maybe in India, writing songs for her. And then she has another team of minions, maybe in in China, auto-tuning it for her. Taylor Swift may be our first musical AI. I think it's possible. Anyway, here here is Taylor Swift, overjoyed at winning yet another VMA, which will immediately go into uh, her garage. So exciting. I'm not doing well pivoting from this to this. Like, I had I had your dolls. I like what? Like, are you doing something? What's gonna happen now? What are you? There's something they're gonna they're gonna do something, and I need to know what it is. Um, you guys are you're you're pop personified. Wow. So to 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 receive this um from your golden pop is getting hands, her That's what is. Our country is so old it's, it's that like much. the pop stars are now my age. Like that's it. I'm 39. I, I they're having to do like callbacks to NSYNC. That's that's not strong stuff. Meanwhile, Doja Cat, who I have been reliably informed is named after a strain of marijuana and her cat. 
I'm not kidding you. That's a real thing. Doja Cat showed up naked. So that's that was exciting for, for everyone. I feel like she has something in her teeth in this picture. Is that because there's a watermark on it or is that just something in her teeth? Oh, fashion is like having stuff in your teeth now? Like she went too hard on at, at the at the open at the open salad bar and got some kale going on over there. In any case, she showed up with uh, nothing upon her her bon- uh, well, those aren't her bongos. Those are, those are her um what 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 would be the appropriate term? I don't know. I don't need your suggestion, Zach. That was not an open invitation for uh, for euphemistic terminology. Um and um and then she uh, she did a performance in which women danced around. Again, we've we've now reached the, the openly boring satanic. There used to be a t- see, here is the thing. I said about Burning Man too. When the counterculture becomes the culture, transgressive stuff is actually incredibly boring. In order for you to transgress against a thing, the thing has to have some sort of cultural cachet or power. So if somebody walks around at doing like the Madonna routine, like the stripper saint routine that she did in the early 80s, it has no cultural penetration at all because it's because the church has no power in American society anymore, unfortunately. So the same thing is happening here now, right? If you go back to the 90s, then satanic imagery used to really shock people. Why? Because we didn't like Satan. Satan was bad, right? We all knew that satanic imagery was like a bad thing. Now, because we have basically flattened out all moral ground in the United States and we are supposed to attain, our, our great moral attainment will be moral apathy. The more apathetic you are about everybody else's morality, the better a person you are. It used to be that if you cared about morality and you cared about people seeking a higher good or a higher life, this is what made you moral. Now, if you actually care about this stuff, it makes you immoral. So it's not transgressive to have strippers dancing around in satanic gear. It's actually just them representing the regime. So here was Doja Cat again, a, a woman named after marijuana and her cat, which as we say, I mean, it's it's like, I, I, I hesitate to even to even compare her to poets of the past. Shelley, Keats, Doja Cat. Here we go. Oh, look, naked people in blood. Wow, that's... This is called Paint the Town Red with blood, apparently. Do people like this? I just, I, I want to know if like people actually like this. And if so, why? Were they dropped on their head as children? Who's sitting around like, ugh, and here's Tay-Tay again pretending that she likes this song. And then, and then you have these creepy children of the corn who have arrived just in time from like the latest horror movie to, to, to be bloodied up strippers. By the way, like if, can I just say that if this is anyone's fantasy, you need to see a psychiatrist immediately. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I keep coming back to it. Our culture's in the best of hands. We're, we're all in great shape over here. It's all going amazing. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be joined on the line by Joel Berry of the Babylon Bee. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, 
Just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 